السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد. Today we're doing a Sahabi by the name of Mu'adh bin Jabal رضي الله تعالى عنه. Mu'adh bin Jabal رضي الله تعالى عنه is a remarkable companion of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم for a number of reasons. He's actually also one of I know I say this about a lot of the companions, but he's actually one of my favorite ones from my childhood. <laughs> Um, I just like the name a lot, and just what you hear about him is just really remarkable. He accepted Islam at the age of 18 years old. He was amongst the 70 who came at the Pledge of Aqaba, and they came to the Prophet Muad bin Jabal participated in all the battles. He was about 20, 21 years old during the Battle of Badr. And then he was also in all the expeditions in the time of Rasulullah So Mu'ad bin Jabal he, he's a very handsome young companion, dark black eyes, and he's known for abraq al-thanaya. Like his teeth were really, really white. I mean, now we have all these little whiteners and gels and these things. But in those days, if someone had really white teeth, like people actually like to know, like, well, yellow tone was the default for a lot of people. But Mu'ad bin Jabal, his teeth were very bright and white. And that was one of the first things people noticed about him, smiles. Some people, Allah has blessed them with a beautiful, bright smile. That the moment you see them, that's that's a uh, hallmark quality of them that you end up remembering and it, and, and, and it stays uh, with you. So Mu'ad bin Jabal, when he's in Medina Munawwara, he's from the Ansar. He's from the helpers, the one that the migrating Sahaba, they came and he was paired with Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, who's known for his brilliance, for his intelligence. And Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu anhu is like Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, where he also is incredibly brilliant. And the Prophet says about him, A'lamu bil halali wal haram. Out of all the companions, he's the one that knows about halal and haram more than anybody else. So you know when you're about to eat that bag of chips, and someone's like, but did you know, like, don't, wait till I finish? <laughs> but but Mu'ad bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he was known for being the person who was the most knowledgeable when it came to halal and haram. He was amongst the scholars. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, uh, This man was like an entire nation by himself. He was very modest. He was very generous. And again, his, he, he, he was a very beautiful person. The moment you saw him, he, he left an impression upon you. And one of the unique things about him is that there are about 70 companions of the Prophet ﷺ who rode on a horse or a camel or a donkey with the Prophet ﷺ. Meaning that when, you're, when the Prophet ﷺ is on a horse or a camel or a donkey, there's only one spot behind him. So basically, a coup is sunnah. Um, there's only one seat behind the Prophet ﷺ. And there's about 70 companions who sat with the Prophet on this conveyance. And they're recorded and they'll talk about their interactions and their stories with them. One of them is Mu'ad bin Jabal Mu'ad bin Jabal frequently was uh, uh, on the back seat with the Prophet And the Prophet loved him a lot. Uh, to the point that the Prophet you know, all of us say we love the Prophet We all say this and we hope this and we hope the Prophet loves us too, Sallallahu but Mu'ad was special is because Mu'ad, the Prophet was sending him, dispatching him to Yemen as a governor. And as the Prophet is dispatching him, the Prophet walks with Mu'ad. And the Prophet goes and he says, 
Ya Mu'adh, inni uhibbuk. Mu'adh, I love you. Inni uhibbuk, I love you. And then the Prophet says, Mu'adh, la'annaka tamurru bi masjidi wa maqbiri. I also want to just make a mention that the next time you come by, you won't be seeing me, but you'll see my masjid and my grave. So he, he doesn't tell the Prophet Sallallahu so let me stay in Medina longer. I want to spend the last moments with you. He knew his mission. We have to spread the deen. We have to spread khair and goodness everywhere we can. So he says, Oh, Sini Ya Rasulullah Give me advice. And how many of y'all ever traveled by yourself alone uh, outside of your home? Like whether it might be a camping trip or it might be uh, a long vacation to a relative's place, meaning you left your parents, basically. Most of you guys, what do parents tell you when they're, when they're letting you go? Can't they beat that? Eat and drink and make sure you look after yourself and, you know, be comfortable and dress up well. You're going outside the house. They put on extra jackets on top of you and extra, oh, your, your eyes are being shown. Let me cover your eyes. COVID time, triple mask. They want you to be as comfortable and as safe as possible. So what does the Prophet ﷺ tell this one companion that he loves? He says, Ya Ma'ad, Iyaka wa tanarum. I'm letting you go, but I just want to warn you against the luxuries of this dunya. For those who are close to Allah, they're not indulgent in the luxuries of this dunya. They know that they have a purpose and a goal, and this world and this dunya is finite. And the hereafter is infinite. And whatever is in this world is temporary. And whatever is in the hereafter, it is forever and it's everlasting. And those who are close to Allah, they don't indulge. You know, the Aisha radiallahu anha says, Awalu bid'atin, I mentioned this last week, Awalu bid'atin hadithat ba'd Nabi sallallahu The first innovation after the Prophet sallallahu passed away was that people started eating to their full. Overeating. You go to a buffet, you go to the buffet and you're just there, just stacking, stacking, stacking in the buffet. You know, I paid fifteen, twenty-five dollars at Jimmy's, so I need to make sure that I, I get my, I, I get my amount uh, sorted out. And the Prophet starts warning him, and then the Prophet Sallam tells him that ittaqullah uh, He says, Ya Rasulullah Sallam, give me more advice. The Prophet Sallam says, Be aware and fear Allah wherever you are. Think about this with yourself. When you leave home, be, be mindful of Allah wherever you are. But is that easy? What ends up happening? We forget. We forget, and what do we do? We commit a sin. So the Prophet he says, Ya Rasulullah, give me more advice. And the Prophet said, Wa bil Anytime you make a sin or a mistake, follow it with a good deed, and the good deed will erase the bad deed. And then he says, Oh, Sini, Ya Rasulullah, give me more advice. And the Prophet says, You see, Allah will forgive your faults and mistakes, but people won't. So his last advice, or the third part of his advice to Mu'ad is, when you meet people, meet them with the best of character. Because people don't forget 
People, you can do a thousand good things for people and one bad thing or 10 bad things, and they'll remember the bad you did and they'll forget all the good and they'll paint you with the legacy of how bad you are forgetting all the good you've done and Allah does the opposite. We do a thousand bad things to Allah and a few good things and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks upon us with the good that we do and he finds excuses to forgive the bad that we do. So Mu'ad bin Jabal was a very special companion. He passes away in the reign of Umar bin al-Khattab in a very famous incident. Does anyone know what that incident is? He passes away in the first pandemic. It's called Tharun Amwas. Amwas is a town in Jordan. I actually have been there. And I've seen the grave of Mu'ad bin Jabal there is a unique fragrance that emits from there. They claim that nobody puts fragrance there and Allah knows the truth of it. But there's no doubt that there is a unique fragrance that emits from the grave of Mu'ad bin Jabal Amwas. I went there in the winter. So it was very snowy, very beautiful. Um, and, and I went and I saw all the way in a corner of Jordan, he's buried. Miles away from Medina Munawwara. His advice is, is, again, this was a man. He was a man of knowledge. He was a scholarly man. He was a man who liked to learn. He was a man that liked to grow. Um, so Mu'ad bin Jabal whose first advice is تَعَلَّمُ الْعِلْمِ لِلَّهِ Seek knowledge, learn knowledge. For the learning of knowledge is fearing Allah, is being aware of Allah. The more knowledge you have, the more aware you're going to be of your Allah, of your God. You won't do the things you're not supposed to do. You'll do good things that you're supposed to do. Is because you'll be constantly aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're driving. Someone cuts you off. Your nafs tells you, I want to cut them off. I want to maybe swear at them. And then you remember that nobody's watching me, but Allah's watching me. And it makes you reflective of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the seeking of knowledge is an act of worship. It, it, you're not praying, you're not standing up, you're not bowing down, you're not giving charity. But seeking knowledge is one of the highest ways a person can get, uh, can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the, when you sit with your friends and you talk about the deen, this is tasbih. Tasbir is remembrance of Allah, like dhikr, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, Allah, but you glorify Allah. The same way, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the remembrance of knowledge, when you're talking to one another about the deen, this is like tasbir, and you're praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالْبَحْثُ anhu jihad, And to debate the deen, to actually go and to stand up for what is right, this is jihad. Now, jihad isn't only just with the sword or with fighting. There's jihad bil lisan, there's jihad bil qalam, there's jihad with the tongue, with the jihad with the heart, jihad with uh, the Prophet said, Al Mujahidu man jihad nafsahu, that a, uh, a person going to jihad is also a person who strives against their vain desires and their passion, but rather goes in and, and, and doesn't succumb to it, but fights against their impulses. This is also considered a jihad. And then he says, uh, and to, to teach knowledge to the person who doesn't know knowledge is charity. They say if you feed a person fish, you feed him for a day. But teach him how to fish, 
and you fed him for a lifetime. That's charity for other people. Spreading your knowledge, spreading the good that you're doing, that's charity. And we know college students are generally broke, all the student loans. But this is charity you can afford. Always sh uh, share goodness and share advice and wisdom with the people around you. It's not the property of any single individual. Yes, don't start going and giving fatwas and starting your own little YouTube channel and all of those things. But to people around you in your network, give them advice, give them the good that you hear. You owe it to them. If you see a person, they're walking down the street and a car is coming towards them, you're gonna yell and tell them, a car. Are you gonna stay at that time? No, if I yell at that person, they're gonna get upset at me. You know, you do you, I do me. It's good vibes only. They'll have no vibes once that car goes. So you have to, you have to warn people, so you have to help people, assist people, and do it with wisdom. Obviously, if a car is about to hit someone, there's a severe situation, that's where you yell. Over there, you don't sit there and be like, brother, Safwan. There is a car approaching you. By the time that guy turns around, the angel of death will be there for him. At the same time, if you're in a regular scenario, someone's eating food, they're eating with their left hand, don't yell at them, be like, right hand is sunnah. Balance it out, right? Know where to use what tone. And teaching your family is an act of good deeds to Allah. It also brings the family closer. Like as a family, you should sit down, have a book, and every day read one page from the book. This is called ta'lim, by the way. And the scholars, they emphasize this quite a bit, that every day, the whole family should sit together for even five minutes, even two minutes, one time a day, read a page of a book, ta'lim, and rotate between each person. Let them read, because we are a nation. What was the first command that our Allah said to us? Iqra, read. That was the first command given to us, read. And we just became a nation of listeners, podcasts, Spotify, all of these things. We don't read. The only things we read is the, is the caption on the TikToks. That's about it. But beyond that, we no longer read. Every person should have two, three books that they're reading. Reading opens the mind. Reading grows you as an individual. I'll just listen to the audiobook. Read. Learn to grow proximity with books. Everyone should have their own little library, or big library for that matter. Five books doesn't count as a library. <laughs> but like everyone should have like books, they should be close to their books. Because knowledge will teach you what is right and what is wrong. It is the light to the path towards the people of paradise. It is a companion when you are when you have anxiety, when you feel like you're scared. Anis. Anis means the one that comforts you. It's a comforter, not like a blanket comforter. But like your knowledge gives you hope. I was telling the story of my friend whose mother passed away. He knew that his mother isn't gone forever. He knew that he's gonna see her again. And despite him spending decades with her, and he told me, you know, his, his, his words were very powerful. He was like, I have no regrets when it comes to my mother because not once did I make her upset. 
Not once did I fail her. I have zero regrets with my mother. And he, he had full conviction that his mother was in a better place. And he didn't shed a tear. The man loved his mother so much that he never hurt her. But on her passing, he doesn't shed a tear because he genuinely believes. Anis. Anis is someone who comforts you. Your knowledge, if you know, then your knowledge will comfort you. If you know that this world is finite, and you know that this world is going to end, and you know that the pleasures of this world are not eternal, that will comfort you. And any loss that you have, you'll be able to overcome it. But if you don't know this, and you don't have that belief, every small loss or big loss will shake you and make you think that the world is ending. Your world is just beginning. There's just few days here. And the hereafter is forever. It's eternal. You stand at the doors of the abyss of eternity. And that was blows us away. It's a friend when you have nobody. Your knowledge tells you how to connect with your God. The knowledgeable person is never lonely. The one who has knowledge is never alone. They grab their book, they're sitting, they're reading. Nerves, why don't they have friends? All jokes aside. They don't need friends. They're sitting with Socrates and Plato and this chemistry and biochem. They don't like the, the, the rest of us who don't like reading. We're always craving for human companionship, for friends to be on a call to be. But the one who reads, the one who the one who seeks knowledge, is never bored. Is never alone. They always have someone with them. Their book. Their book is their companion. They're always reading. They find, they, they find comfort and solace in there. That book isn't going to backbite you. That book isn't going to uh, uh, slander you. That book isn't, doesn't have a dirty heart about you. That book is genuine. Make friends with things and people that aren't going to hurt you. Make friends with objects and people that are going to benefit you, not the other way around. Well, muhaddith fil khalwa. And knowledge is a voice when you are by yourself. When you start doubting yourself and you start to feel that things aren't going right, your knowledge is there. When you don't know who to turn to, your knowledge guides you. But in order for your knowledge to guide you, you need to possess it. You can't be sitting with an empty area of knowledge and hope your knowledge to guide you, but you have to strive and learn. What dalil ala sarra wa darra. And it is a evidence on what is good and what is bad. A good time and a bad time. How do you know if you're in a good time or a bad time? Knowledge guides you through that. Because at one point, you could be thinking you're in a good situation. And that could be the worst decision for you. And sometimes you can be in a, in a bad position. You think that this is bad for me. But it's actually good for you. And your knowledge tells you that whatever the moment today is, it's not the final moment. You don't know the future. How many times did something bad happen to us and we thought it was the end, but that ended up being a good thing for us? Does that not happen often? The Prophet Sallallahu take him for example. If he never left Mecca and was never banished from Mecca, we would never know about Medina. Everyone who's been to Medina will tell you Medina, if my heart falls in love with it and I love Medina and Medina is this and Medina is that. And they'll talk about Medina. But that Medina was built off of the pain of the Prophet 
If the Prophet didn't get stoned in Taif, Isra and Mi'raj would not take place. We're in the month of Rajab right now. On the 27th is when scholars, some scholars say, according to some opinions, that Mi'raj took place. It was this time where he was stoned. And had that not happened, his ascension would have never happened. What does that teach us? That when you get your Taif, your Isra is about to happen. Come to the <laughs> but your Mi'raj is about to happen. Your ascension is about to happen. When you're at your lowest, Allah will raise you. But don't lose hope. Because that's what shaitan wants to do. He wants to rob you. Satan wants to rob you of your hope. And he wants you to feel despondent in Allah and God's mercy. And it is a weapon against enemies. People cannot like you. People can hate on you. People can say whatever they want. But what the knowledge that you possess is what defines you. Was was Zayn and al It's an adornment. You, you you shine amongst your friends. The smart person, the knowledgeable person, the one who knows, is the one. Is the people that friends turn towards. No one goes and asks the the dumbest person in the squad for advice. I mean, I don't know why you would. Like, you you go to the person who you think is the wisest. You become you become the the gem in the entire squad because of your knowledge. Allah raises people and he turns them into leaders of good uh, and, and, and people who are followed. Their stories are told. Their actions are followed. Their opinions are held in high regard. The angels desire to be their friends. You know when you stepped out of your home to come and seek knowledge over here? What did the angels do? Asking for your forgiveness. Okay. One step before that. What did they do? Pray for you. Pray for you. Okay, one step before that. Come with you. Come with you. Kinda. They they lay their wing like every foot. They lay their wings down for you to step. Rivan out of honor. Like angels who don't sin at all. Like that's the value of knowledge. Knowledge turns slaves into kings and turns kings into slaves. There isn't a person who isn't wealthy or a CEO or powerful anywhere in the world that does not have advisors. There needs, there needs to have people that they can seek counsel from. Even the Prophet Prophet Muhammad even he had people he would take advice from. Muhammad Allah tells him, seek counsel from the people around you. Once you've made your decision, then put your trust in Allah. Allah loves those who trust Him. We haven't even finished the first advice, by the way. So this is a continuation. Their wings are put underneath them. Every dry and every moist tree asks Allah to forgive them. The fish in the sea, the animals on land, 
لأن العلم حياة لأن العلم حياة القلوب من الجهل for knowledge brings a ignorant heart to life ومصابيح الأبصار من الظلم and it and it brings light and it brings light uh, uh, to a person who is blinded and it gives them guidance يبلغ العبد بالعلم منازل الأخيار a person's station and ranks are raised and elevated because of their knowledge. They're respected. You see a little boy, he becomes a hafiz. You put them, put him in the front to lead the salah. You stand behind him. People older than him, people his grandfather's age, great grandfather's age, everyone is standing behind him and praying behind him. Why? Because of the because of the Quran that Allah has put him in his heart. Knowledge changes people. Knowledge is a great tool. It's a great weapon. And he says, "What the rajat al-alafid dunya wal-akhirah? The higher the degree you have, well, not always true, but <laughs> not throwing any shade on anybody. But knowledge definitely does define you. At the fakur fihi siyam. Reflecting on knowledge is like fasting. And teaching it is like standing up in prayer. Bihi arham. Through it." Families are brought closer because you have that emotional intelligence. Through it, a person can learn what is right from wrong. When you have knowledge, it guides you to do actions. And the actions follow a person who gains knowledge. The people who are fortunate, Allah gives them knowledge. And He takes the knowledge away from the people who are unfortunate. I'm going to go a little quicker through this. And a lot of this stuff is self-explanatory um, because we still have a lot of his advices to go through. Uh, but it's very reflective. The man was a man of knowledge. And that's what he advised other people as well. By the way, uh, for those who are students of, like, advanced students of knowledge and um, for just academically, those who are listening, Wafi uh, Kalam, وليس هذا الحديث مرفوع عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ولكن عن كونه موقوفا عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وعن معاذ بن جبل رضي الله عنه فيه فيه الانقطاع من السند وفيه جهل أيضا for those who were listening they got that for the rest of you just move on to the next point معاذ بن جبل رضي الله تعالى عنه says إنما ورائكم فتنا يكثر فيه المال there is fitness there are trials and tests and times are about to come where wealth is going to be abundant. The amount of wealth we have is like we have more We, Bro, literally you can go and summon the temperature of the air you want to blow on your face inside your car. Kings of the past didn't have this luxury. And you can literally summon it at will. Believers, hypocrites, men, women, young, old, free, slaves, everyone will, will have access to the Qur'an. And then what's going to happen? The people will begin to say, What's wrong with people? Why don't they follow me? And I have studied the Qur'an somewhat. They're not going to follow me until I don't make up things and create stories for them. 
Beware of the innovations. These new things that are added into the religion, this is misguidance. And I warn you from those preachers who deviate. May Allah protect us one and all. I'm talking about myself first and foremost. Sometimes shaitan puts words of deviation and misguidance on the tongue of lecturers and, and, and wise people. Sometimes hypocrites and bad people say true things. I said, What are you talking about? How can a wise person say something wrong and a hypocrite say something right? He said, of course, Beware of the famous celebrity speakers and these things. The ones who say, the ones that just will make up stories and say things that have no academic background to it. Perhaps that person will turn back. And wherever you find truth, listen to it and absorb it. For knowledge is light and nur, and that let that nur guide you. Mu'ad bin Jabal says to his would say at the Hajjah time, whenever he'd wake up in the early hours, 3-4 a.m. to pray to Allah, he would say, Allahumma qad namatil ariyun. Allah, the eyes have slept. Waharatil nujum. The stars have begun to twinkle and, and, and fade away. Wa anta hayyun qayyum. And you're the ever-living, everlasting. You never sleep. You never, uh, you, 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 uh, you never slumber. You're always there. Allahumma talabi lil jannah bati. Oh my Allah, my desire for Jannah is slow. And me running away from hell, it's weak. Oh my Allah, give me such guidance that will guide me on the day of judgments towards you. For you do not break your promises. two more and then I'll summarize a few of the points. Mu'ad bin Jabal radiallahu told his son, Ya oh, My son, when you pray, pray salah as if it's your last prayer. Do not think for even a second that you will get another chance to pray, but this is the last prayer of your life. Pray every prayer like that. And my child know one thing. And the mu'min, that a believer, yamutu bayna hasanatayn, dies between two good deeds. Hasana qaddamaha, a good deed they have already done. Wa hasana akharaha, and a good deed they said they were going to do. Every person dies between two good deeds. A good deed they have done already, and a good deed they said they were going to. There are so many things that you think you're going to bring change into your life will only remain a hope. But you'll never change because you always delayed it. The only moment that you can guarantee is this second right now. But the moment you guarantee it, the second is gone. There's no guarantee you will make it home. There's no guarantee you'll wake up in the morning. So take the moment 
and do as much as good as you can. Because a time will come when you will die and you will die within your heart hoping that you've done a lot more good than you actually did in this world. And speaking of death, when Mu'ad bin Jabal was about to pass away, he said to people, it was nighttime, remember he passed away in a pandemic. So pandemics are tough. Plague, it's tough. Sickness, what's going on, no cure, everyone. The situation is like 30,000 people died in that plague. In Darwin Amwas, 30,000 people died. It was, it, 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 was, it was insane. And when he was on his deathbed, he turns to the people around him and says, Umburu asparna. Look, is it morning yet? They said, no, it's not morning. A little while later, he said, Umburu asparna. Is it morning yet? He said, not yet. Until some of the light started coming into the horizon and you could see that morning is about to approach. And he was told, Now it's morning. He says, A'udhu billah min laylatin sabah. He says, I seek protection from Allah from a night who in the morning a person ends up in hell. Marhaban bil maut, marhaba. Welcome, death. Welcome. Zairun Murib, the unseen visitor. Habibun ja ala faqa, a friend who has come to me in my greatest time of need. Allahumma inni qad kuntu akhafak. Oh my Allah, I used to fear you. Fa'ana al-yawm arjuka. But today I desire to meet you. Allahumma innaka ta'lam. Allah, you know. Inni lam akun uhibbu al-dunya wa tool al-baqa fiha wa tool al-baqa fiha lijari al-anhar wala li gharsi al-ashar. Allah, I didn't want to remain in this world so that I could build more and have a bigger house and a nicer car and more money in my account. The only reason I desired more life so that the people who are abandoned, I could look after them and feed them and few moments of difficulty and to accompany scholars and go wherever I can to seek and gain knowledge. And that was his final moments, and then he passes. <coughs> you know, the Prophet Sallallahu said, Man ahabba liqa Allah, ahabba Allah liqa'ahu. Wa man abghada liqa Allah, abghada, abghada Allah liqa'ahu. Whoever loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet them. And whoever hates to meet Allah, Allah hates to meet that. That's a different state to be in, to be ready to go, to welcome death. And that's, that only happens when you live a life worth sharing to everybody. The Persian poet says, when you were born, you were crying and everyone around you was smiling and they were happy. Leave this world in a manner that everyone around you is crying and you're smiling and happy. How many people are scared to die? Almost everyone here. 
and the heart that's content that I can leave any time. I fixed my affairs with humans and with my creator, with the creation and the creator. Ramadan is less than 60 days away. Allahumma barik lana fi rajab wa sha'ban wa balighana Ramadan. Fix your affairs. Be ready to exit any time. You'll live a happier life. Be scared to die. That means your life isn't right. If you're scared to leave this world, that means that what you have here is better than what you have waiting for you there. And the one who is ready to die knows that what is to come is much better than what is here. We'll take some questions inshallah and we'll follow by the